0: Good morning, um, yeah, it's petite in here, but you know, it's just good, really good. I'm enjoying the presence of God this morning. I just feel like we should clarify something. Put that first scripture up, would you, Ethan? First Corinthians fourteen twenty six. beloved friends, that's you guys, that's me. What does all this imply? All of this stuff. That we're doing here. When you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue or interpretation. Anyone have a word in tongues? Brandon's gonna get blown away this morning. He's gonna be, I wanna hear that. So I'm gonna get up here and speak in tongues, and then someone's gonna interpret. It's biblical. Let each one contribute what strengthens others. So I just want to encourage you guys this morning. This might be, most of us, this might be not new, but maybe for Anna and Brandon, this might be kind of newer, just sharing stuff that that might feel a bit, you know, stuff that goes on in, in people's spirit, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. But we just, we are one of those churches where we really believe that God speaks to us through not only through his audible voice or his written word, but also in, in the quiet of your heart. He speaks to us through, through visions. Um, visions are biblical. Peter fell into a trance. Peter was praying, worshiping on a rooftop, and he fell into a trance. Now, we, we hear that kind of stuff these days, and we're like, ooh, that's you know, new age, scary stuff. you know. But in the Bible, that was common. That's all common experiences. And I just want to encourage you guys that God God did not intend for your Christian journey to be boring. He did not intend for you just to get fed by a man from a pulpit for the rest of your life. Just show up to church, do your duty, sit down in the seat, say amen to the man every time he says something. And then put your check in the offering and, and go home and just live your boring life without any Holy Spirit activity in your life. You know, there's far, far too long there has been this separation in the church world of you've got the ministers and the people. It's kind of like in the Old Testament. You had the priests and then the people of Israel. And then in the church, you've had this thing where you've had the, those that are called to the ministry and then the laity, the lay people, the rest of us. If you're not up front, if you don't have the pastor badge on, then you're just a, a lay person, And so there's been this separation that they do the ministry, we just come and we, we receive the ministry. But God's plan was different. God's plan is that you and I, all of us, all believers, would, would recognize that we've all been called to be ministers. We are all called into the priesthood. And you have been invited by God to have a deep, intimate walk with him where he will speak to you, he will lead you, guide you by his spirit and by his word. So we are one of those churches that are a spirit and word churches. We, we aren't just only going to study the Bible and never have an encounter with the author of the book. We want the Word of God and we want the Spirit of God to come and illuminate and speak to us and lead us. So I just thought I would throw that out there if it, if it seemed different. Um, this is just, for us, this is normal. And I want to encourage you that you have the ability to hear and see things in the Spirit as well. That scripture that I read from Ephesians chapter 1, Paul was praying that the eyes of your heart, that's your spirit, you know, your, your pumping heart muscle doesn't have eyeballs you cut your chest open there's not going to be eyes blinking which would be kind of weird but kind of a fun picture someone should paint that sometime isabel <laughs> draw paint a heart with eyeballs and a ripped open chest and then that scripture may the eyes of your heart be enlightened now the eyes of your spirit person the the part of you that never sleeps even when your body goes to sleep at night the part of you that will one day leave this flesh tent and go to be with jesus until he gives you a new body the spirit of who you are. Paul prayed that the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your heart would be opened or enlightened or illuminated. Now, the Passion Translation that I read, it says, may the eyes of your, your uh, imagination. And that is just one of those places, you know, if you close your eyes, just, let's, let's, have an, let's do an experiment. Let's close your eyes for a second. I'll close mine too. Now, I'm just going to say, okay, I'll, I'll say, visualize right now a giant pink elephant with a clown hat, and it's bouncing from left to right, and it's going into a big cage, and it has blue polka dots all over it. Okay, now you can open your eyes. You kind of could see what I was describing, right? Every one of us, it looked a little different, but it's your imagination. It is that place where the Holy Spirit wants to release things into you. That is like the drawing board. That's like the sketch pad that you can lay out before God in your quiet time or in the place of worship like what we were doing today where God can show you things. He will speak to you. He may, he may put a scripture in front of you or remind you of a verse in the Bible. He may show you a person's face. He may bring into into memory something important that you forgot to do. You might think that you're being distracted. I'm supposed to be worshiping right now and I'm seeing stuff. It's okay to take out your, your phone or your uh, notepad or whatever and, and jot things down and then go back into worship. This preparation message that I have for today, it, I just... God gave me one word this morning. I was laying on the couch, and I heard, what was the word? <laughs> I forgot what it was. Oh, influence. Influence. And I had a picture of, of how I felt like he was showing me he wants us to be people that are influencers, divine influencers. And so I, I just spent some time in worship, and he gave me some scriptures that came to mind, and I put them all down. And that's... That was how I got, I call it, I got a download. He wants to give you downloads too. Whatever issues you're facing, he wants to speak to you. He wants to father you through those things. We good? You want to come up with me or are you going to stay? You want to interject? Interjections? Okay. So we're not going to go too far into this today, but uh, let's look at, so that was slide number two. Let's go to slides three and four. So that was the purpose of our gatherings. You know, Jesus said, your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled by others. You, your lives are like salt. Next slide. Your lives light up the world Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others, so that the the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. That was Matthew 5. So Jesus says, you are salt, you are light. You know, initially he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And then he turns to the disciples and he turns to us today and he says, you are salt, you are light. You are the one that I have placed my, my gift of Holy Spirit inside of, that you would be like a salt shaker and bring, you would enhance, you would bring flavor most of the times in the past, a lot of us in the church have heard, well, salt is just preserving or, or it, you know it's cleansing, has a cleansing effect, preserving. But most of us know salt, it, it brings out the good flavors and things. If without salt, the food's going to be bland. God has graced us with his divine nature, the Holy Spirit. He has graced us, he's put his spirit inside of us that we would be able to release that divine salt, if you will, that we would enhance the good things the life the the blessing the the wonders of the things that he created that we would we would magnify those things let's see here so so i heard the word influence this morning and i wanted to remind us that that jesus said we are salt and we are light you know influence in the in the kingdom if you're a christian and you are called to be an influencer. That doesn't mean, well, I've been called to, to be a minister up in front of a church then. like This is not the only place of, of being salt and light. We are called to be salt and light out everywhere we go. Each one of us has a sphere of influence. Whether you're a homeschool mom or, well, I don't know what everyone in the room does, kind of, but I won't list everything off. But whatever you do, me, mailman, I am called to be salt and light in the postal service. Wherever I go and deliver mail, when I walk into these businesses that I, my new route, it's a business route, I'm loving it. When I go over to that hospital area over here on the other side of, of uh, Sheridan Road, and I walk into these offices and I, I get to be salt. I get to let my light shine. I get, to, I get to choose not to be a grumpy mailman and allow my own lack of desire to be at work to be manifested to everyone around me. I don't have to go in there and go, "Uh, it's raining out. I can smile because I've got Jesus living inside of me. So you and I have influence. We are influencers. I'm going to throw this slide up. Go ahead and put that next slide up. There's this thing called the seven mountain mandate. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the actual mandate, but this is an old prophetic word that came up, I think in the 80s, but I'm not sure how far back it goes. So all of the prophetic people, the prophets and prophetesses in, in the, the world, for the most part, took this, this prophetic word and, and they ran with this because we believe that God has called all believers to have an influence. So whether your influence is in the church, so that's my main call as far as gift, spiritual gifting goes. I feel that my main call is to be an influencer in the church. But it's not just in the church. It's also in my family. It's also in business, my job as a mailman. If you're a teacher, it's in education. Marilyn is an educator. She goes in and speaks to groups of people. She brings her influence, her kingdom influence into her job. Arts and entertainment, if you are a painter or if you're a creator, you don't have to do Christian art or Christian movies or Christian music to be an artist. God is all over the gifts that people that even that don't even know him. Look at Kanye. Now, he, he has made a shift. His music is very influential before he's, he had started walking with the Lord, but he knew of the Lord a long time ago, and God gave him a gift, and he was using it in the past for... Maybe not so good of a way, but now he's just on fire for for the Lord. And he's he's taking his platform, his gift, to be an influencer. Now, not all of his songs are necessarily going to be gospel songs, although it seems like he's just so caught up in it, that's all he wants to do. But arts and entertainment, and, and we need to recognize the fact that God is sending his people into all of these mountains, all of these places, into science and medicine, We need believers in the medical fields to not only press into the mind of God because Jesus, the Bible says that you have as a Christian, you have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit who is in you searches the thoughts of God and makes them known to you. God can give you witty inventions. He can give you answers to things that no one else can figure out. He is the divine fixer. So in science and medicine, and and government. Now, for a long time, I always heard people say, well, you shouldn't talk about politics. I love politics. I'm not going to tell you which side I lean on. It's pretty obvious, though. Most Christians are, you know, in one group, um, and that's because of the main uh, issues, like abortion and stuff. You know, there's just certain things. But anyway, I have a passion for government. I've had that prophesied over me that that government would be an area that I would influence. I have no idea if that's an accurate word, but I didn't know at the time that I would have a passion later on for the things of government, and now I do. And we've got a a guy who's a worship leader down at Bethel, uh, Sean Foyt, who is now running for Congress in California. And he is going deep. I mean, he is just like running. There's favor on it. So I, I just say all of that because we each have a sphere. Ethan has a sphere of influence. He's a creator, he's using arts and entertainment or social media, I guess that would fit under the, the uh, arts and entertainment section. He's using that to design and create videos for his YouTube channel. He's got a passion for it. That is a gift of God. You don't have to just necessarily stamp Bible verses all over your, your area. But if you recognize that God has placed you where you're at to be an influence in your sphere, that opens up the doors of possibility. I could just be depressed that I'm not a full-time paid pastor with a big church, and, you know, and that's how I make my living, so I can give all of my time just to preaching and studying the word. I could get depressed that that's not what, because I'm called to the church, But if the light comes on, and I'm like, oh, I'm not only called to the church, but I'm called to be an influence in business. I guess it's kind of government business, mail carrier. The light comes on, and I'm all of a sudden, I realize, oh, you mean I'm not just a a minister of the gospel when I come to a building on a Sunday? I'm a minister in the post office, in my funky, blue-gray postal shorts and my postal tan. Yeah, yeah, we're goofy-looking dudes and dudits.
1: I think the temptation, especially arts and entertainment, I think the temptation is to try and Christianize everything instead of just letting God influence how people do things. Like uh, something I'd heard from um, Sean Bulls was in the arts and entertainment area in L.A., Uh, how in the industry, yeah, how people will come in and they'll influence in a way where they're saying, hey, yeah, like this movie, let's not put this stuff in because that that might make it to where people aren't going to watch it. Like it's still, you know, a movie, a great movie probably, but they're helping take out some of the junk maybe that would normally get put in and just kind of tweaking it just enough to make it so it's not so offensive but they're not christianizing it at the same time so i think we have that's we have to watch that and not try and put christian labels on on everything
0: so if you're a christian you're allowed if if god gives you the freedom okay you have to use your this is for so brandon i look at you but i look at my kids too God wants to give you wisdom, and He wants to lead you into what is okay for you and what is not okay. To throw off all restraint and just go dive into every movie you can get your hands on, and expose yourself to stuff that's going to have a negative effect. You know, what goes in comes out. What goes in your eye gates and your ear gates it will have an effect on you. That's why we're supposed to renew our minds with the word of God, you know, be transformed in our thinking with the, with the word. But there's, there's freedom to still enjoy the creative gifts in the world. Now, I burned, well, no, I didn't burn them. I, I had albums, I had vinyl, I had black metal records. Not like black, like African-American black, no. It was like satanic black metal. Scary-looking album covers. The weirder, the more hardcore punk or, or dark, the album cover, it was really attracted me. And so I scooped that up, and I was collecting all that art. I got rid of all that stuff when I got saved. I should have burned it. I burned all of my occult paraphernalia in a fireplace at Lincoln Avenue Bible Church over by Olympic College. In the basement, we burned it, and I was baptized that following Easter, I was a brand new baby. I was like, Wow, get rid of all the, the filth. You know, I took all the stuff off. Over time, God gave me grace to listen to certain things that I felt were okay for me to listen to. So I, I listened to Metallica again. Not all of it, but some of it. actually felt like some of what he, I felt like the Holy Spirit was on some of their music actually. There's a song about the, the plagues of Egypt and the, and the creeping death is the song and the angel of death sweeping across the land of Egypt, taking out all the firstborn males. And they're talking about the blood, the lamb's blood painted door, I shall pass. I'm just like, whoa, there's like Holy Spirit is on that stuff. But then there's songs that don't have the Holy Spirit. There's like a different spirit, like suicide and stuff. I'm just saying... Arts and entertainment and the gifts that, that God has given humans to create and to make things comes from him. It's the spirit behind things that pollutes the creation and cre- it pollutes the created things. So there is freedom. If <clears throat> you, you think that everything should be like God is, God's not dead. If all, if all movies that are safe to watch should be God's not dead style. Well, you're going to be shocked when you read your Bible. I'm just saying. I mean, read about Noah, and it's just weird stuff. The Bible's full. It's like R-rated. <laughs> it's just telling you the truth. Song of Solomon, man, that is like a sexy book. So, needless to say, and with all of that said, we have permission to be influencers. Not We don't have to just be weird and in-your-face christianize everything but we can bring the kingdom into all spheres of society in fact we are called to be salt and to be light let's just do a little bit more let's go slide six and seven this is ephesians chapter two verses eight through ten for it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him nothing we did could ever earn this salvation For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. I think most of us have been there. We're like, yeah, I didn't do anything. He hunted me down. He cornered me and I surrendered. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Next slide. Next slide, Ethan. Boy, take that phone away from you. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Every good work that God wants you to do, he's already prepared it. You don't have to strive and, and, and do stuff. You don't have to do, do, do to please God, that's called working for love, which has another name. Working for love, prostitution, okay? We have not been called to work for love. We have been called to work from love. When you come into a love relationship with the Creator, with the Father, with the Lord Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, And you begin to have intimacy with God. You begin to hear Him, and and you realize the light comes on, and you're like, wow, I'm actually adopted into His family. I'm a son of the kingdom. I've got the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. And now I get to go into my sphere of influence my school, my workplace, my job, and I get to be a, a releaser of kingdom influence. In that place is where God will show you the good works that he has prepared for you, the, the deeds, the good deeds. So I had, a, we'll try to wrap it up with this. I, I had this picture of um, what Chris Valatin calls them ecosystems. You know, I kind of like that word, ecosystems. Ecosystems are these, these little systems that we build within ourselves to, to create like an a inner ecology, an inner stream, an inner functioning or working of, of the way we think or the way we do things. So I had three words that I felt like would be helpful for us today. Are we okay? Oh, you, you weren't checking the time, were you? No. Texting? Oh, okay. Hmm. So the three words that I had were repent, resume, and Remind. I don't know. I just can't, maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. But you guys can do what you want with it. So repent. Slide number eight, repent. I love this one. You guys are going to love it too. To truly know him, Jesus, means letting go of everything from my past and throwing it all, my boasting, on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. I want to say it so bad, but then I'd have to edit the tape. I could get away with it with you guys, but I'm not going to. It's like a pile of crap, okay? Guess what? In your repentance lifestyle that God has called you to, there's this space in your life, let's call it the backyard that's behind a fence, you know, far enough away from the dinner table to where you don't have to smell it, and we can forget about it. It's like where the trash goes. And it's a big pile of crap, okay? That is where God wants you to throw yesterday's stuff, Just take it there and toss it. It won't benefit you any to carry things. Now, I'm not talking about everything, like the blessings, the things that God did, the restoration, the miracles. We are to have a thankful heart and remember the good deeds of the Lord, and we are to declare the the previous works of the Lord to the next generation and prophesy those things forward. So we do remember some of the former things. But there's stuff that we shouldn't remember. There's wounds. There's, there's just crap that needs to go on the crap pile. That's a good picture. Just remember. You need to go to the pile. And drop stuff in it once in a while. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. And embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. Next slide. You are always and dearly loved by God. That's just weird. I don't know if that was a typo, but I'll just read it again. You are always and dearly loved by God. Okay, doesn't make sense. So robe yourselves with his virtues. Robe yourself with virtues of God. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Okay, that's a good one right there. Be merciful to people. Show mercy When you're trying to understand people, when they don't seem to make sense, and you're just like, you want to bang them on the forehead with your fist, and you're just like, wake up. Why can't you get it? Be merciful. Be patient. It says here, I'll continue, be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. I should have highlighted certain words. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. We need to tolerate the weaknesses instead of feeling like we got to go fix everybody until we get in front of a mirror, you know, we're we're actually willing to give more grace to ourselves than other people. We need to extend to others the same grace we give to ourselves. Okay. So tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgive one another. So this is where the dung pile comes in. We, when we forgive people, we need to lay the offenses in the pile of crap. We're just like it, it goes there, and I'm going to leave it, and it's, that's where it stays. She said something to me and made me mad, or he gave me a look or whatever. He didn't acknowledge something, whatever. Whatever the offenses, we just take it, put it in the poop pile, walk on. Walk away. Put it behind me. Forgive one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. You think you're a mature believer? Check your love levels. Based on that scripture, that's that's your indicator. Let's see how much more. So that's repent. We're going to skip. Oh, no, we just read. That was Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Okay, so that was repent. Now resume. Hit the resume button. Okay, so we drop stuff in the crap pile. Okay, that's repent. We, we get rid of the stuff. Repent doesn't mean feeling bad about stuff. Repent means you turn around and face the right direction. You go back to the pinnacle where you're supposed to be focused. It's changing your mind. Repentance is changing your thinking. You're going one direction, which is south towards hell, and Jesus says, "No, my son, no, my daughter, turn around, fix your eyes on me, and follow me. That is repentance. So we're called to, to throw stuff in the pile, get up and turn and look to Jesus again. So let's resume. Hit the resume button. Get up in his grace, his mercies, which are new every morning. So, every morning when you get up, remember, yesterday is not here anymore. It's gone. This is a new morning. The Bible says, His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So, and it's not just in the morning. It's actually all day long. As much as you need grace to keep going, you can keep on receiving His grace. Doesn't mean use it as an excuse to do dirty deeds. It just means... God doesn't want you to stay there, so he gives you grace to get back up and resume. Slide number 10, Philippians chapter 3. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However... I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. I forget the past, fasten my heart towards the future. So many Christians are stuck looking back. I won't give examples. You guys know plenty of them and so do I. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal And gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. That's where it's at. We want the anointing of Jesus. We want his spirit all over us. We sang a lot of songs about fill us up and overflow and we need your presence. We need his anointing. We just need to be focused, fixed eyes on him and recognizing his presence and just hungry for more of him. Last part is remind. So we have repent, hit the resume button, and then we need to remind ourselves. we got to remind ourselves of who we are. It's so easy to forget because we make mistakes. We forget that we're sons and daughters. So we'll just look at two verses and we'll be done. Slide 11. But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests, who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Every sphere of influence, the seven mountains. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't yet received it, but now you are drenched with it, drenched, just like that full sponge. God wants to drench you in his mercy. He knows you need it, so don't pretend you don't, or don't feel like, well, because I need his mercy so bad that I must not be good enough to be used by God. That's not how it works. That's like one plus two is zero. I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but it's just God's God's math. You're nothing. He is everything. He drenches you in his mercy, and now you have all you need to do the stuff that he wants you to do. Because without his mercy, you are a mess. I am a mess. Next and last verse. We'll read this and we'll be done. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. That is a heavy revy and i'm still working on getting my mind wrapped around that i am right now you right now are seated let's stand up let's just let's allow the holy spirit to illuminate the eyes of your imagination for a second see yourself right now what as the scripture says you know here's a good here's a good trick the bible says that there is no place where you can hide from the presence of God, right? His presence is everywhere, all times. You can't go anywhere to get out of it. So you might as well imagine Him with you, okay? Because so much we believe something, but we don't really believe it for us. God says that you are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly realm. We were raised with Christ when he was raised from the dead and he ascended into heaven. How that works, I have no idea because that's a different, that's 2,000 years ago when he went into heaven. We're 2,000 years forward. But the Bible says we were raised with Christ and we are right now seated with him in the heavenly realm. So let's just close our eyes. Lord, help us to see the reality of this truth. Help us to see that we are who you say we are that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who have been called out of darkness and into your marvelous light, that we are a people who have been raised with Christ from the dead through our union with you, that we ascended with you when you were ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, that you have thrones right now where we sit with you enthroned upon, Help us to see that. And God, I pray that that today you would help us to live out of that perspective. That that reality, that higher truth would become the perspective that we look at life through. That when we're facing stuff here on earth, we would realize that no, my true self is seated right now in the heavenly realm and I pray from the throne room towards the earth. I pray from the place of victory into the areas of, of life where I'm not seeing victory. I pray from the place of the kingdom where there is fullness of joy, there is peace like a river, there is health, there is riches, miracles, signs, wonders, everything that, that we could ever need for life and for godliness where we are now seated where all of that wealth and riches are at we we take from there and we look at the things of earth and we will pray a release of your kingdom come into the earth where there's brokenness in our relationships we just say let there be unity and wholeness from your kingdom that would flow in and through us into the earth we are your pipelines we are your vessels we are your gates we are your kingdom gates our, your gateways, and we will open up the, the doors of our heart, and we will, we will welcome in your kingdom to come through us, that we will be divine influencers in the earth, into every sphere that you've placed before us. In Jesus' name.